You like that one? Cool. I don't. What's the name of that song? Is that the name of the song? Is that the name of the song? I should know this. I was raised on that song. But who's the artist? Exactly. One hit wonder. All right. Well, yeah. Man, I want to do some crowd control. This is different, so bear with us. Can I get this group to come on up? A few sections. Come on up. Let's, let's cheer on this, this section right here. Come up. Pastor doesn't bite. God doesn't bite. Come on up. The Sosas can come up as well. We love the Sosas. Yes, yes. Thank you. You know, God gives y'all some great weather. Y'all don't want to show up to church. I'm going to have to pray for rain. You know, Elijah said he prayed it would not rain. And for three years, it didn't rain. Those jokers were at the temple worshiping. Give us rain. So I'm going to pray for some snow. Jesus, man, people, we got to do better. Welcome to Highlight Church. Let's give it up for our first time, guests. Jesus, get to church. Goodness. All right. Cool, man. Well, I'm happy to see you. This is week three of One Hit Wonder. Um, the series is all about how uh, a moment of faith can create uh, monumental outcomes in our lives. A moment of faith, and not just a moment, but uh, these individuals that were studying in Scripture, uh, they trusted God, they believed in him, they walked with him, and all it took was one time. Just when they, when, they, when they made the first decision to follow God, they stuck with him. And so um, there are individuals in Scripture who, um, you know, they get chapters, an entire book, David, Moses, um, I mean, Peter, Paul. But then there are these people, men and women, who may get three or four verses. But what they did was profound. And so that, that's what One Hit Wonder is about. We want to highlight a few characters who... Uh, they're not household names, but we can learn so much from them. And so um, join me in First Chronicles um, chapter 4, verse 9. And it reads this here. There was a man named Jabez who was more honorable than any of his brothers. His mother named him Jabez. Because his birth had been so painful. And um, verse 10, he was the one who prayed to the God of Israel. Oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory. Please be with me in all that I do and keep me from all trouble and pain. This is my favorite part right here. And God granted him his request. That's it. We don't hear about Jabez anymore. <laughs> it says just simple, came along, his mom named him Pain. So he said, all right, I'll show you some pain. I'm going to be blessed. And God granted it to him. God's a beast. God is lit. I don't get it, dude. I don't get it. We used to, back in my day, we used to say tight. Tight. All right. If I can take you back to where, I, to where I'm from, we used to say bussin'. 
Anyone use the word busting? See, see, now that's back in that's hood. So just let's keep it tight or whatever. All right, busting. Someone say busting. God's busting. We're going to redeem some real cool words. I don't understand lit. And that's lit. It doesn't even come off right. Man, that was lit. What? That doesn't even. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm eliminating an entire demographic in the church that we actually need to be reaching. That's teenagers. So I'll say lit if it means you come to Jesus. All right? Lit. All right. Sorry. So I told God I would behave today. So um, here it is. So. There was there uh, back in ancient Hebrew culture. Um, there was uh, I want to bring a message to you entitled "It's Already Yours." It's already yours. So let's get that slide out the way, and let's get started. In uh, ancient Hebrew culture, um, names meant more than just an identifier. Um, names had power. As a matter of fact. Um, the word for soul in the Hebrew is nefeshim. Nefeshim in the Hebrew is the word for soul. So when God created man of the dust of the earth, Genesis tells us that he breathed his spirit, which is ruach. The Hebrew word there is ruach, his spirit, it means breath, into the dust of the earth. And man became a living soul. Your soul is composed of three things your mind, your will, and your emotions. So how we think, um, how we act, and how we feel. And so when God breathed into the dust of the earth, we became um, animated. And so this, what you see, the clothes, the skin, the hair, everything on you is actually dead outside of the breath of God. So Genesis tells us that when he breathed, we became a living soul. So this, this is just something clear. You are a soul with a body. You, you are a soul with a body. You're not a body with a soul. And the soul of you lives on forever. It's the immaterial part of you. Your soul is a spirit. And so nefeshim, if you look at the, the Hebrew word there, the two letters in the middle of soul is um, sham and, and mem. Sham and Mem. If you put the two letters together, it's the way that it's pronounced. If you put the two letters together, it forms the Hebrew word Sham. And so in the middle of the word Nefeshem is Sham, and the word Sham means name. And so in ancient Hebrew culture, your name represented the essence of who you truly are. Names are so important. Names, names are prophetic in a sense. We're going to talk about some of that here in a minute. Um, For example, my name is Joshua. In the Hebrew, that means God is salvation. And um, yeah, so names are prophetic in that sense. My my wife's name uh, is Kyra. Her name is means God's time. So God is salvation in God's time. We're married and this is what we do. Names are prophetic in that sense. So we got to be very careful what we name our children. And not just that, go and explore what your name means, be it Latin or Greek or American. Whatever your name means, there's something attached there. Um, the Hebrew word for name, because they have a numerical value system in the Hebrew alphabet. So the Hebrew word for name has the same value as the Hebrew word for book. 
Sefer. Shem and Sefer, 340 is the numerical value. So the Jewish mind, when, especially Jabez's time, the Jewish mind would have seen a name as this is going to be this child's story. Or at least it's supposed to be. This should be the theme played out, the prevailing theme. So when Jabez was named Jabez, his mother bore him in so much pain. She said, man, you know what? Uh, I pray that your life would be full of pain. That's crazy. So, so a name has um, potential locked in it. A, a, a name is, in a sense, a foretelling of who you're going to be in the life that you're going to live. And they saw, uh, ancient Jews believed that once you passed away and you came to God, that you would have to give an account as to why you did not live up to your name. But, but, but names don't have all the power. That's just something. So like I said, Jabez was named pain. Look, let me just tell you something. People have been telling me for 26 years that uh, if you don't move, they won't sting. <laughs> if you don't do anything, if you don't swat, if you don't move, they won't chase you, they won't sting, they won't attack. Um, this is completely, total, totally kind of irrelevant to the message, but I just feel as though I got to, you guys are free therapy, so I feel as though I should share, get some things off my heart, off my mind. I, um, I recently discovered the European Hornet. Has anyone heard of the European Hornet show of hands? Anyone from, from Maryland, show of hands. Are you from Maryland? If you're participating in the sermon. Hey, all right, cool. Are you from Maryland? All right. Have you heard of the European Hornet? Another, another, wow. I am really obsessed with staying away from these. Andy, you have. Yeah, they're like, and I'm really obsessed with staying away from bees and wasp stings. Dude, one day we came home and on our, uh, on our light outside, there's this thing. I mean, look, when you see them, you'll see them. They're like yellow and black and they're this long. I promise you to God. I promise you, they're terrifying. So I looked them up. And they're native to Maryland, so I don't know how many of you have not heard of these things. But that's how much I pay attention, right? I'm like, what is that? And so, I'm, you know, we Google everything. We Google if we got, you know, at pneumonia, anything. Yeah, <gasps> I got pneumonia. Like, last, last week I was sick as a dog. I thought I had sepsis. No, no, no jokes. I don't know if you've ever lost a loved one to sepsis, but I, I had a, a, recon, a, a root canal retreat to be done. I, I had did part one, I had part two to go, and I thought the infection had spread to my brain and all that last week. I thought last Sunday was my last sermon. Because I'm online like, part two in three days, oh my God, I might got have sepsis and I've run out of antibiotics. Anyway, so these suckers, man, they're an inch long and they are very aggressive. They're native to Maryland. They come out in the fall. And there are certain lights outside that you have to have that either attract them or repel them. We have lights that attract them, and I, I need to change them. But this is the story. They sting multiple times, and they don't die. Now you're going to see them. I'm going to tell you, one day the worship team left the house. My mom had just got in town for a visit, and she, I have her in my office. That's where she stays when she comes in town. And the worship team leaves. 
And all I hear, I'm upstairs on the second floor with my mom, and I hear Kyra say, that, that thing you talk about, it, it just came into the house. Ah! And you just hear footsteps come up. And I'm like, Mom, I'm in a room. I'm like, Mom, Mom. She's like, what is she talking about? And no lie, Kyra comes up to, ah! to the second floor. She busts a real sharp right real quick, and the hornet comes right into the room with me and my mom. And I don't know what happened. The Spirit of the Lord must said no, because that sucker came right into the room and almost caught a heart attack and it went between like the, the the crease and the door and it just stayed right there and you should see me if my mom was here i'd do an illustration for you this is my mom and the desk and this is me i'm like mom what are we what are we doing what are we doing what are we doing and my mom's four foot eleven and she had a broom she's like you better get away from my baby and so i said mom we gotta I'm going to tell you, Mom, these are the things I've been researching, okay? You got to be careful. One swipe is all you got. All right? I'm totally pushing back my time right now. Anyway, and she said, I got it, I got it. She had a broom, and she's, because Megan, Megan comes in, she's like, and she backs up. And I don't know where Kyra went. She's just not my wife at this time. And so my, my, my mom says, all right. I say, Mom, you sure? She said, yeah. And she gets it and drags it down and, and, and sweeps him down the stairs. And he's like, Ugh. if I could get up. And I'm like, ah, boo. Anyway, that was totally irrelevant. Well, no, it wasn't. This is my point. I don't ever want to experience bee stings or wasp stings. I don't know if you have. Maybe it's not that big of a deal to you. But I don't want to experience pain. Not from a sting. But we know that's inevitable in life. We're going to experience pain. And if you are of any age, you have experienced pain. Be it pain from a bad breakup, um, pain from financial struggle, um, health issues, you have and we will experience pain. Jesus said it like this. He said, trouble will come. He said, trouble, trouble will come. You know, and it's not necessarily pain that as a pastor I'm um, overly concerned about because we're going to experience pain. It's the result of pain. Um, Pain causes anxiety in in certain areas of our lives. So when God is attempting to introduce new relationships into our lives, Um, because of how we were treated in a past context, we become anxious, and we don't trust people. Um, We we hold back. We're not not authentic, transparent, or vulnerable. Like, God can send uh, someone into your life to help you, literally to to push you into your destiny. And and, and because we're so anxious anxious and fearful um, and bitter and angry about a past relationship, God can't introduce this sister into my life to to encourage me or this brother. Um, Yeah, bitterness and anger and fear. God can be calling you to step out into faith and and to pursue something greater, be it in your education or in your finances or in your spirit or in your faith. And because you tried it once before and it didn't work out, you experienced pain. And so I think one of the greatest byproducts of of pain is actually 
paralysis, um, spiritual paralysis, um, not, not moving uh, towards the things of God, um, skipping out on church because it's a good weather day. It's, it's a paralysis, um, paralysis. Um, now, there was a season where you attempted to save, and you said, you know what, I'm going to get on a budget. And as soon as you did that, the hot water heater broke or your car broke down. And you're like, I'm not even going to ever try saving again, ever. And so, but you're still, you're still living check to check. You're making ends meet. Um, paralysis, paralysis. You're not moving. You're not moving. And the unfortunate part about paralysis is um, not being able to feel. So you lack a sensitivity to God's promptings and his leadings. You become paralyzed. Um, Pain, pain. You know, but Jabez teaches us something. Jabez teaches us that no matter what my mom labeled me or named me, I'm not going to allow my life to be defined by this moment. I'm not going to allow my life to be defined by a season. Of, of pain, um, and nor should you. I think it's because he knew who he was. Um, so in First Chronicles 4, um, Chronicles is, are one of, you know, so you have the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. Um, then you have the historical books, starting with Joshua. First Chronicles is one of those books. And um, it just tells about the history of, God's chosen people, the children of Israel, before Jesus came. And Chronicles gives us this list of kings. It also gives us genealogies of um, many different uh, individuals. And, and this person was the father of this person, this person begat this person, so on and so forth. What we see in First Chronicles chapter 4, because we started in verse 9, we see in 1 through 8, the only thing we see is we see, um, you don't have to pull it up, the descendants of Edom were... Jezreel, Ishma, Idbash, their sister, Hazapalam, Pani, uh, Peniel, and all this. And then we see verse 3, um, Asher had two wives named Hala and Nara. Nara gave birth to Hazam. And then all the way down to uh, verse 8, and Kaz became the ancestor of Anub, Zoba, and the families of blah, blah, blah. And then verse 9, and there was a man named Jabez. God, God stops in this List, 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 but pause. We got to give this man two verses because there's something significant here about his life. There's something different about his life. And a part of the reason why God granted Jabez his prayer was because he did not allow a moment of pain to define his life because he knew who he was. Jabez was a descendant of Judah. Please put on your thinking caps today and your notes. I'm in, I'm in teaching mode all day today. This is about the speed I'll go. And he rose to every occasion. So he was a descendant of Judah. Judah was a child of Jacob, one of Jacob's 12 sons. Jacob had 12 sons. They became the tribes of Israel. And uh, Jacob was the son of Isaac. Isaac was the son of Abraham. So thousands of years ago, um, God called one man to follow him by faith. And at the time, his name was Abram. Abram meant, in the Hebrew, father figure. He would 
go on to change his, because when God meets you, he changes everything about you. He would go on to change his name from Abram to Abraham. So it went from father, go this way because you guys are this way. It went from father figure to father of many nations. So he was, he was not uh, just a, a symbol or a representation of a father. He was actually going to bless Abraham in his old age to have children. The reason why he waited until Abraham was uh, 100 years old because he wanted Abraham to undoubtedly know that it was me who gave you the ability to have children. God wants you to know that the things that you're trying to do, the miracles that you want to see, the impossible that you're attempting to accomplish only comes through his power. So he changes him from Abram to Abraham. And so um, God blesses Abraham with this. Genesis 12, 1 through 4 says this. It says, And the Lord said to Abram, Leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. Abram was from a, an idolatrous society, a society that worshipped many gods. As a matter of fact, Abram's father, Terah, Haran, I'm sorry, I'm getting my stuff mixed up here. Abraham's father, Haran, yes, um, worshipped many different gods. And so he was saying, look, I'm going to call you out. All God needs is one person out of a family. Psalm says he sets one alone, and he'll use that person. He says, I'm going to call you out, and I'm going to show you who I am, the one true God. And he says this here, the Abrahamic covenant. Oh, man, I can't wait to preach the sermon series we got called People. We're going to talk about how you were created. There's a covenant. God is God is. There's a, there's a promise over your life. God, God has locked himself in with you. No matter where you go, God is always there. God is always with you because he's made a unilateral covenant. No matter what you do, God is there, and he has great plans for your life. All right, and so it's in your commission. You have a calling on, oh, man, that's going to be great. Anyway, verse 2, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. Jabez, Judah, Isaac, no, Jabez, Judah, Jacob, Isaac, Abraham, and you will be a blessing to others. Verse 3, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who uh, treat you with contempt. See, whenever I read the scripture, I, I, I take the you as me, but I, I, to be more specific, I put my name in it. So, um, Leave your native country, your relatives, your father, and go to a land I will show you. That's the essence of faith. God will always tell you to go before he shows. The reason why we're not seeing a lot of things we want to see in our lives from God is because we want him to show before we go. Therefore, we stay put. God needs you to walk forward in the dark so he can show. And it says this here, I will make Joshua into a great nation. I will bless Joshua. I will make Joshua famous, and you will be a blessing to others. All right, verse 3. You got to declare this stuff over yourself. You got to declare this stuff over yourself. Verse 3, and he says this to Abraham. He says, I will bless those who bless you and curse those. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. This is a messianic prophecy or foretelling of Jesus Christ. So I just told you he called Abraham out of an idolatrous nation. Why? Because he's, he was, he's beginning the process of bringing the Savior into the world. It's going to take a couple thousand years, but he's calling Abraham, and it's through Abraham that Jesus is going to come and, and live a perfect life, die on a cross, 
rise from the grave so that you and I could enter into heaven with God for all eternity. That was, there's always a purpose that precedes the promise. If God ever gives you a, a promise, if you ever hear the Holy Spirit say, I promise I'm going to do this through you, I'm going to use you in this way, it's because there's an eternal divine purpose behind it. God doesn't just want to bless you to bless you. He loves you. He wants to bless you. But there's a greater purpose attached that involves other people. That's what it means, okay? And so he says, all the, so we know Jesus is a blessing to all people that would accept him. Verse 4, so Abram departed as the Lord had instructed, and Lot went with him. Abram was 70. This is my favorite part, verse 4. It says, Abraham departed as the Lord instructed. The issue is is that God has to tell us multiple times, I love you. I'm for you. I'm going to help you overcome this struggle. I'm going to give you a new life. But I love Abraham's obedience. He heard it. And what did we just say? Jabez didn't allow a, a moment or a season of pain because it was his DNA. It was, something was ingrained in him where all he had to do was, God, are you promising me a life beyond this experience? You don't got to tell me anymore. I'm going to just walk with you. Change me as, as, change me as I walk with you. Change my heart change my mindset, allow me to forgive quickly. I'm sorry. Like, I know my mom gave birth that day, but if she has the audacity to name me pain and to wish sorrow upon my life, that's not my fault. I didn't ask to be born through her. She must have been having a bad day. But I hear you saying you want to bless me. And I got a grand, great, 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 grandpappy that heard you and it's built into me. And that's why all of us here, it's like two million of us. And it was one guy that trusted God. Because at the time Jabez was on the earth, it went from one dude to like three million people. So God fulfilled his promise of making him famous and making him a father of many nations. And there's something about Jabez that tapped into this. And so um, that's what God told Abraham. Abraham passes on that blessing to uh, Isaac, and Isaac passes it on to, well, that's a long story. Isaac had Esau and Jacob. The blessing was supposed to go to Esau. Jacob stole it. Long story. We'll talk about that later. Go home and read Genesis. You'll see how he stole it. As a matter of fact, Jacob means trickster. God, when he got his hands on Jacob, he changed his name from Jacob to Israel, prince of God. From swindler and trickster and sinner to I love you, and now you're a prince of God. That's, that's what God does. He, he'll change it. Because when he was born, he, <laughs> he came out, and Esau came out first, and, and Jacob was holding on to Esau's heel. Like, here I come. I'm a swindler at birth. And he was. Isaac was blind, and he was going to convert the father blessing in the ancient Hebrew culture. It was, it was prophetic as well. Whatever a father um, spoke over you, it was for you. And, and, and so I don't really have a lot of time, but um, Isaac was blind, and Esau was hairy, 
And Jacob was smooth skinned. And Jacob, like, put me some goat skin on. <laughs> hey, Dad. Bless me. Isaac's like, you sound like Jacob, but you feel like Esau. Lord, bless him. Make him famous. They're like, love you, Dad. And the Bible says that Rebekah favored Jacob, the baby, over Esau. Esau comes back, and he's distraught. He's like, Dad, can you not reverse the blessing? It, was, it had already been spoken. Your words, your words create your world. Go back to three podcasts. It'll bless you. And so um, that happened. And Jacob is now on his deathbed. And Jacob has 12 sons, Judah being one of them. And he says this on his deathbed to Judah. Judah, your brothers will praise you. You will grasp your enemies by the neck. All your relatives will bow before you. So that's that's Jabez, the descendant of Judah. All right, and so... After Judah, the children of Israel end up in Egypt because of a famine in in Canaan. There's no food. They end up in Egypt for 400 years. And God is like, all right, we're done with all this slavery. It's time to get you out of here. I've I've heard your prayers and your cries, Exodus 3. And he sends Moses. The bush was lit. And the bush talked to Moses. And he delivered them out of Egyptian slavery. Is this okay? Yeah. Can we teach a little bit? I'm, I'm in a, you know, in summer, in summer we get in teaching mode. We're about to go through the book of Philippians here in a, in a few weeks. We got a series on the Holy Spirit called The Other Guy. It's going to be good. And then I can inspire you in the fall um, as, as this church grows and goes to a second service in September. We're going to pack this thing out. We're going to pack it out because God is moving. God is moving. And so Moses goes out. Moses leads them through the wilderness. An 11-day journey to the promised land became 40 years because of disbelief. Not even their actions, but because they lacked faith in the promise that God gave them. It wasn't even their wickedness. It was because your belief will produce your actions. So it was their belief. And on Moses' deathbed, he blesses the tribe of Judah with this blessing. He blessed all of them, but he said this, Deuteronomy 33, 7 says, this about the children, the tribe of Judah, O Lord, hear the cry of Judah and bring them together as a people. Give them strength to defend their cause and help them against their enemies. You see that first portion? Hear their cry. It says, so Jabez did what? Oh, that you would bless me. He, he caught the fact that he was divine. Um, I'm sorry. Yes, yes, yes. He had a royal divine bloodline. He, he didn't live like grandma and mom, obviously. And dad and aunt and uncle. He, he knew who he was. And, and Romans tells us that anyone who has put faith in Jesus 
you can claim the blessing of Abraham over your life. Therefore, seasons and moments of, of pain and brokenness and setback, and you can, can call it failure, I call it falling for your learning. These seasons don't have to define you, especially once you've given your heart to Jesus. Because God's promise is, I will bless you, I will make you famous, I'm going to grow you, I'm going to take you places. I still got a lot of work to do through your life for you to be letting something so small, something someone said hold you back. Something someone said, a label that someone put on you. And, and, And so Jabez knew who he was. He he. He knew who he was. He didn't need things. He didn't need a person. He didn't, he didn't need resource. He knew that what, what God had for him was already his. And sometimes the gap between gaining what God has for you and you being empty-handed, that gap there is simply asking and asking. Because he didn't pray this prayer once. Prayer is a dialogue. So throughout his life, oh, that you would bless me. Because the power of my name is keeping me hindered. But I'm going to keep praying. Oh, that you would bless me. Going to move forward. The power of his name. Oh, that you would bless me. Pain, sorrow. Oh, that you would extend my territory. He kept on praying. He kept on believing. He kept on pushing in. He didn't just show up to the temple once a month. He didn't just give once a year. He gave. He showed up. He worshiped. He prayed. And he believed God. And the Bible says that it was granted to him. He knew who he was. Scripture even says this about him. Um, He was more honorable than his brothers. What does this mean? This means here, this means, number one, that he had a mountaintop mindset, if you're taking notes. He was more honorable than his brothers. He managed to process and live above it all. God is calling you to begin to mentally live above it. The thing that's attempting to minimize your calling and your impact. He, he had determined to live above the pain and the negative criticism, the naysayers. He determined in his mind to live above the unmet expectations. That's a part of life. You can pray all you want, but let me tell you something. You're going to be praying for years for certain things. You can't give up on it. I've been, I fasted with the church for 21 days, and it didn't happen this year. Great. Guess what? You're closer than you ever were before. You don't stop praying. You don't stop believing. You, you keep on with the keep on. I'll be teaching a a leadership thing with my leaders soon, but I'll I'll give you a little taste here. Um, Goals, goals. I believe you should set time, time, timing on your goals, meaning if you want to accomplish something in a year, sure, do it. Set a time. Go for it. Be intentional. But if it doesn't happen in a year, what if it was meant to happen in 18 months? You're closer to it than you were when you first started. So he determined to live in a mountaintop mindset. 
Number two, we can ascertain this about him being more honorable. He was a great influencer. He, he may have been, we don't know a lot. Historians believe that he may have been the head of a clan within the tribe of Judah. So he said he was more honorable. This meant that he carried a lot of weight in society. This means that he followed great people. Your life is going to be the average of the four people that you surround yourself with consistently. So if you surround yourself with people who aren't going anywhere, chances are you won't go anywhere. If you surround yourself with people who are always wanting to grow, if you surround yourself with influencers, there it is. Thank you, Jesus. You will inevitably be an influencer. So he followed great people. Therefore, a great number of people began to follow him. He was a great influencer. And number three, this tells us he was wise, honorable. He was very knowledgeable. He knew who he was. He knew his history. More importantly, wisdom is this. It's applied knowledge. You know, when, when, a, when a company hires you, they don't hire you because of your degree. You don't get paid because of your degree. You get paid because of your applied knowledge. So you can go to school, but your value is in the application. It's like going to church every Sunday. A lot of us are phenomenal note takers. And we put flowers around it. We put tabs around it, pink and green and yellow around it. My question is this as your pastor. Have you applied it? That's where the gold is. Have you, have you lived? You're going to live it. And this is Proverbs three thirteen through 18 says this. Joyful is the person who finds wisdom. The one who gains understanding for wisdom is more profitable than silver and her wages are better than gold. Wisdom is more precious than rubies. In biblical times, rubies were the most expensive um, precious stone. Nothing you desire can compare with her. She offers you long life in her right hand and riches and honor in her left. She will guide you down delightful paths all her ways are satisfying. Wisdom is a tree of life to those who embrace her. Happy. Anyone want to be happy? Happy are those who hold her tightly. So I want to, I, I want to be like Jabez. I want to take what I know about God. I want to take what God is teaching me. I want to take the precepts and the commands and, and the word. I mean, this word is a lot. I want to take it and I want to apply it because in it I'm going to find true life. I'm going to find life. Wisdom. Like right now, a lot of people ask me about certain things, and I'm like, I point them to a book. Every quarter, our lead team, we read a book, and we turn in assignments to, um, to Rebecca Minatra. Um, she's in kids today. Um, she's our leadership development coordinator. In chapter by, right now, this is our book, Start With Why. How great leaders inspire everyone to take action. And we hold each other accountable. And and every week, a chapter or two is due to her. Because we don't just want to have fun, cool church. We want to know how to actually lead people and how to help people. 
and how to change the world. And books have wisdom in them. Um, we're going to read this book, or we already have. I don't know. Excuse me. Um, John Maxwell, Developing the Leader Within You. Because we have a young leadership team. And the number one thing that can exploit us in our effectiveness is a lack of character. So before we even moved, we did a study called Leader, leader with Character. And I had them turn in essays and assignments and everything. Wisdom. You'll be happy if you find it. I want to do three things here. Jabez, um, this mindset that he has, it's already mine. Despite the pain, I know who I am. Number one, he had an expectation of blessing. You got to have an expectation of blessing. Expect God to bless you. Uh, Anytime Judah goes into a store, he expects to come out with something. Um, Yesterday, it was WrestleMania 55. Because um, he wanted this blue bat, and we had to take it from him at checkout, and it started. I mean, he swung at you, and I'm coming around as we're heading to the car, and I'm coming off the top rope like this on him, and I'm putting him in the car seat, and mom's in the front seat like, get him up, get him up. It was crazy. You wouldn't even imagine that we were pastors or leaders. And people were walking by like, are they abusing that child? I mean, he expects to come out with something. He doesn't always get it. Because we won't always get what we want from God because it's not what we need. But what it does within me as a parent is it develops a desire within me to fulfill his expectation. When, whenever you, you wake up with an expectation that God's going to bless me, he's going to do something great, it, it, it develops more of a desire within God to actually bless you with the things that you need. So you got to expect a lack of expectation does you nor God any good. Because he can't bless you with unusual things. So Jabez said this, oh, that you would bless me. And based upon the, the, the prophetic unctioning of Moses and, 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 and Jacob and, and all those guys, heaven answered and he responded. Because you belong to Jesus, you can wake up every morning and say, oh, that you would bless me today. Oh, that you would show me things and then help me to recognize the blessing in the day. You got to have an expectation of blessing. God wants to bless you with peace. May not be things, but he'll give you peace. He'll give you joy. Fulfillment, because you can have things, lose things but be empty on the inside. So when you lose the things, what do you have left? Fulfillment. God can give you fulfillment. You will bless me. My best days are ahead. There is more in store. You got to have an expectation for blessing. Number two, he had this. He had an expectation of extension or an expectation of growth. An expectation of growth. I got to share this. I got five minutes. Um, You know, Kyra, there are books written on the prayer of Jabez. And um, since 2013, my wife has been praying the prayer of Jabez over her life, more over my life, honestly. And I I praise you for it. That was even before we got married. And so um, I'll give you this much. Pray the prayer of Jabez over the spouse that you have not met or married yet. Because their blessing is directly attached to yours. So you know what you're doing. 
But she prayed this for herself in 2013. God, I ask that you may release my calling and show me the area that you have called me to so that I may excel and draw people to your kingdom. I know you have gifted me with many, but what is my purpose? Her prayer was a prayer of growth and influence so that people would be drawn to Jesus. Not, not just for the sakes of growth. That's, that, that's, the, that's the gospel. That's the great commission. For God so loved the world that he, he sent his only begotten son. So when we become believers, it's no longer about us, but it's about those that don't know him. And that's a prayer that God can bless. And so she said this. Um, I love this. She said, number three, increase my influence. Bring your people, increase your territory as a church and a body. Grow our ministry and Joshua in leading. I love this one. She said, grow me as a wife, a mother, and a future leader. Proverbs 31 woman. Then these are her prayers for me. She said, um, pray for Joshua. 2013, that he will grow in his faithfulness and servitude towards God. Form him into the man, husband, father, and leader in Christ Jesus. Grow him and give vision for the home for our finances, in the direction. Grow, grow. Increase his influence and territories for five years. This was January 2013. Um, Just one more here. Grow his peace that it may surpass all understanding. Because when you're following God, when God calls you to something, it's not always going to make sense. And what you need when you're ready to obey God is you need peace. Oh, ministry. <laughs> Why this? And another phone call. <laughs> I didn't know ministry was like this. <laughs> it's like grow his peace. Because there's a calling on us. Grow his peace. And God wants you to grow. I'm getting a lot of um, school recommendations in my email right now. It's a sign that God is growing individuals. You're, you're take, I haven't went to school in three years. I'm scared of going into debt. If God's calling you into it, he'll, he'll take care of the debt. He needs you to take the step forward because he's about to grow you. God wants to grow your relationships. I've been mentored about our follow-up process for first-time guests. And a lot of churches that mentor us say they only text. They don't phone call people. That's not how God has built me. We're not going to fit into the culture. I actually like to hear your voice. I like to, I, like to, I like to know that you're thinking about me and you love me and you're praying for me. Don't just text me. We got enough of that in the world. Call me. Mess with me. Bother me. It's okay. I've had a little church hurt, but you can redeem that if you just love me. Expansion. And one of the most beautiful things... Come on up and close me out, um, worship team, uh, if you all can pay attention to me. We're doing something new, so they're going to close me out, but uh, try to pay attention and zone in. One of the most beautiful things God did um, last year when we first started um, as a church, Highlight the City is our outreach platform, and the first check we ever gave was to Shady Grove Middle School of about $200. Um, 
it's our vision to give financially uh, once a month and to send foot soldiers once a month to our partnerships. So we gave $200 uh, last January. And uh, just a month ago, we gave $1,000 to Family Services, um, Montgomery County's largest nonprofit organization. They serve over 75,000 clients across Montgomery County. And um, between January of last year and March last month, as a church, uh, to outreach event and to outreach partners, you have given over $20,000 in 15 months as a church. That's something to, thank you, Andy. That's something to celebrate. You've given. So thank you for your giving. It's changing many lives. Um, we, we just moved up here with, with a desire to change lives and to, 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 to partner with, our, uh, with these organizations. And uh, next month, Family Services is going to award us the Community Partner Award of the year for 2017. Um, Praise God. That's good. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's God, we, we got a few people a year ago. We got a little bit of money, but we're just going to, there are teenage pregnancies. There's domestic violence right here around the corner. Oh, Potomac, it's all over the place. You don't got to go across the world. You can start right here. This right, and this is all we got. We know that they need Chromebooks in this school, so we gave, you know. And God has just said, "Okay, I see your heart, and you've prayed for growth. You've prayed for expansion. Now, now I'm gonna. You're gonna be known. You're gonna be known. Because the family services knows." They know us, and who they know, they know us, and it's just going to keep going. Whenever you live for God, God, God wants your territory to expand. He wants your health to be blessed. He wants you to grow. Your spirit, your relationships. Last point. Jabez understood that it is safe in God's hands. He prayed, oh, Lord, would your hand be with me and would you protect me? Judah was running free about a year ago with some friends after breakfast around downtown Crown. And we were paying for the tab and speaking to our friend's wife. And so he took off with Judah following him and they disappeared for like three or four minutes. And he comes back around the corner and he hands me Judah and Um, He's like, man, he, when kids just run off, he said, he checked back a few times, but when they run off, it's because they know that their father or their mother is always with them. So he was having a blast, but he was safe, and he knows that, I know that this child is being watched a lot and cared for and loved. I just want to encourage you, your life and your future is safe in the hands of Jesus. It's safe. It's safe. And what God has for you, it's already yours. You just got to let go of whatever you're holding on to and latch on to him and just keep walking.
It's already yours. With every head bowed, let's pray, church. Thank you for your time. Lord, we love you. We give you honor and praise. God, I pray that you would work salvation in this place. Every head bowed, church, keep praying. If you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, I want to give you this opportunity this morning. God loves you. There is generational blessing over your life. And today can be the first day of freedom and liberty. We'll make Jesus Lord on the count of three for the first time, or if you're coming back to him today, raise that hand high on the count of three. Receive salvation and forgiveness. One, two, every head bowed, three. Raise that hand high, if that be you. You're coming back to the Lord. It's your first time giving your heart to Jesus. See one, raise it higher. My team is saying that they see one. Hallelujah. Two, you can put those hands down. Praise God. Church, let's celebrate. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey, church, repeat after me. We're going to pray this prayer of salvation. If everyone could stand, I'm going to pray. Repeat after me. Father God, thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for salvation. Fill my heart with your spirit. I turn from my sin and I accept your forgiveness. Thank you, Lord for life, and for life more abundant. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you, church.